Revelation Hour. I hope you had a, a wonderful week. Um, well, this week is it? <laughs> um, well, I had a, I had a good week. It's, it's been good. What about you, love? You had a good week. Yeah, yeah. We thank God for another week. Yeah. What happened? Do you want oh. to tell us about your week? <laughs> no, I won't bore you with all of that. But um, yeah, we oh, thank God for another week, okay. and uh, it's been fruitful. And we thank God. So you've been very, you've been very mysterious this morning. You don't want to <laughs> you don't want to chat. No, okay, that's fine. Why don't we open up in prayer and then just invite the Lord um, into our midst this morning and uh, allow him to speak uh, for us today. Father, we we give you thanks. Mm. We truly give you thanks for everything. Father, as we come before you this morning, we come before your throne and we thank you for everything that you're doing in with and through every single one of us where you have placed us the things that you're putting on our hearts at the moment the way that you are speaking to us holy spirit at this time we thank you for your leading and your direction thank you for guiding us we can thank you for your provision we thank you for your protection we thank you for revealing more of yourself to us lord we just pray that you will continue to have your way that we will continue to prioritize you, the things of your kingdom. We continue to hear from you, be led by you, Holy Spirit, so that you can have your way in, with, and through us, so that your kingdom can come and your will can be done through us on earth as it is in heaven. We give you thanks. We give you praise, Lord, because you are worthy. Mm. We thank you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. What a powerful prayer. Wonderful, wonderful. All right. So, again, just want to send a good morning to everyone, um, everyone who's listening this morning. So, again, um, very happy to have you here with us um, as we continue to go deeper into our preparation and uh, the ways of the Lord and really what He's saying to us in this season. Um, just to remind you, um, as I usually do every, every morning, um, to you can access um our content um via our facebook page um i think it's revel online online revelation hour online radio something like that i can't remember <laughs> <laughs> anyway you tap revelation hour on the mm. facebook page and uh you be able to access uh, all the content also uh, we have a dedicated website which revelation hour www.revelationhour.co dot uk um we're also available on twitter if you want to tweet us please feel free to do so um i don't usually check my tweets um but i um i get a notification if the tweet comes through so we will make sure that we share that with you as well or anything that's relevant um obviously we have an email address as well we've seen info at revelationhour.co.uk if you want to send us um, any message or any comment or anything um, that you feel uh, relevant to uh, to the group uh, perceptively and also 
um, just to remind you, if you want to be part of our WhatsApp uh, group, uh, please send us your detail, email us, and then we can potentially add you to our WhatsApp group. There's a lot of content going in WhatsApp, group, a lot of discussion as well that's taking place uh, in relation to, to many things and obviously uh, what's taking place to, I mean, today. I think I said it all, isn't it? That's a lot of information. So whatever information you can grab for what I just said, please, <laughs> you know, help yourself. Anyway, so again, um, lovely to have you here. Um, and, you know, we, we always start the show and, and I think it's, it's quite relevant for us to look at what's going on in the news. Um, so what's happening here? I'm just going to scroll through for you, Mars, and then you can just uh, pick the one that you want to you wanna pick. And then just give us a bit of a okay. This one. I was thinking of Hillsong. What did yeah. you say about Hillsong? Well, here we go. Yeah, um, that's. I think this is a story that breakthrough um, a few months ago or not long ago. Uh, one of the um, leaders um, had an affair. Um, and obviously, he, has, he stepped down from uh, his uh, his duty um, as in a, in Hillsong Church. But I think this is the comment that I actually didn't see. Um, Karl Lenz narcissistic behavior prior to a fair scandal. So um, yeah, it's it's you know it's gone through the news um, everywhere. To be honest, not in the Christian news, but also um, you know national news. Um, I mean, now that things has come out, everybody's coming and have their they say on it, um, which is a uh, quite interesting. But what's your what's your take on it? Mm, I think it, these things are always very difficult um, oh. because you don't know. You, we don't know the full story. We That's don't right. know the full picture. Um, and there's always, you know, there are always reasons that we have no idea about. So I, I for things like this, I. I really don't like to comment. I just like to pray I for mean, these people. Yeah, and, and I think this is what I was going to mention. I think the, the best option that we can actually do at the moment mm. is, is offer our prayers mm. to him. Uh, it came out, you know, you, you got to give him credit. Uh, it came out, um, sent a big message, a big letter, uh, so everybody could see it to apologize, explain his behavior and, and so on. And ask for forgiveness, and as he, as he's trying to work out his marriage, but mm. not so his marriage is his ways, you know, his ways with the Lord. So, um, you know, there's many many pastors that are doing things in a secret that don't come out like that, and he came out. It's um, not only it's all of us. We're all doing. Yeah, things. I mean, obviously, all of us. But I, I'm, I'm just yeah. referring to this kind of uh, thing, really, mm. uh, principally. And uh, so he, he came out, you know. So you gotta, you gotta give him credit. He, mm. he, you know, he owned it. In he, he apologized. Remind me a lot of uh, David. You know, when David was mm. going through this situation, and until he was confronted by the prophet Nathan, mm. and then he, he just hold his hand up, and mm. that's why God called him a man after his own heart, because mm. the, you know the ability to be able to confess your sin and ask forgiveness yeah. is is very important. And and you you know regardless of what people say about him and what he's done, what he hasn't done. You know, he he came he came out, mm. he came out, and he, he, he sincerely apologized, confessed, and then he's he's working out um, his his marriage and relationship. So we we just want to pray for this guy, and then just um, pray that that God will we we give him the strength um, that he need in this season as well, 
and 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 that there would be a complete restoration mm. you know you'll be completely mm. restored um you know men you know it's not easy when your public faces you know you you got quite a lot of pressure um i'm not uh, accepting what he's done but i just want to pray for the man you know just mm. pray for you know the bible mm-hmm. speaks that we need to pray for our leaders there's a reason why we need to continue to pray for our pastors mm-hmm. because at the end of the day they the human being mm-hmm. they're still human so that's that's this guy um do you do you want to talk to us about um the the message that i send you um or do you want to go through the franklin franklin graham said that 1.7 million people accepted christ in 2020 um that's a belief thanks to the ministry that's been taking place uh, there are definitely people asking for Christ. You know, this is a really a season when people are seeking God more than they've been. Um, so, as the Bible says, you know, the harvest is full. The laborer, yeah, yeah the laborer is few. few. So, yeah. just to, for us to continue to um, do the work to that do God the work. has called for us to do. Absolutely, mm. absolutely. Um, do you want to touch on this uh, article that I sent you on the, on the Daily Mail yesterday? If I can find it, I may I may mm. try to display it. Mm, I think you have a lot more to say about that than me. Um, no, I'm just um, you know. Yeah, we'll discuss it. Right. Yeah. Anyway, is there um, anything else that you would like to look into? Yeah. Which one? Um, it's quite interesting that about this um, Francis Collins. He's a Christian gen- um, geneticist. Have you seen this? It's something that I would pick up on probably more so than others. Absolutely. Um, <coughs> so it's quite it's quite interesting that he's he's saying he's encouraging churches to remain closed um in terms of covid uh it's, yeah he's um is a director for the nih um he's, and he said in a recent conversation that the virus was taking adv- was taking advantage of circumstances where people have let their guard down um yeah I, th- I think at the end of the day, I think some churches have been partially open anyway, um, and they've been they've been practicing social distancing. But I think it's just it's interesting what he's saying here. He's actually coming out and and speaking to to the people on behalf of it. I think it's probably very difficult for him being in the position that he's in being a scientist but also being a christian i think it's i think at a time like this it's it's very difficult and mm. i think it's it's all, it's what we've been saying isn't it about being able to hear what the spirit of god is saying about mm. being placed where we need to be placed but also using wisdom mm. um so I, I think you know um being in the posi- position that he's in mm. but also being a christian i i think it's um Oh, so he's got his talks about the vaccines as well. Mm. Um, that would be, be interesting, be interesting to hear, to, to listen to, to what listen his to. perspective um, in terms of that. But of obviously, if he's a director of the NIH. He's not going to say, um, you know, he's mm. not going to be against it. He's going to be for it, isn't he? Absolutely. Um, so, yeah, but he's saying you, you put your mask on, you're protecting yourself from mm-hmm. from other people, but mostly protecting them from yourself. Um, it's it's just I think this whole thing um, is uh, we we as we've said and we said from the beginning of this when everything started right, raising its head in March we really need to use it, it's we we need to seek God and and really hear what God is saying at this time mm-hmm. um, and be seeking the truth um, from from uh, by the leading of the Holy Spirit and using wisdom um, godly wisdom 
um, in order to be able to navigate all of this. I think Absolutely. that's very important. Absolutely. Interesting here. Medical expert message to Christians who think COVID-19 vaccine is mark of the beast. Mm. I mean, we spoke about yeah, it uh, last week uh, already. And I'm just, uh, I'm just uh, laying down my views and the foundation, the reason why my views where it is not. Um, and it is interesting. The Christian Medical Fellowship has warned against people refusing to take a COVID-19 vaccine due to skepticism about the jab. Mm. Very interesting. Um, there's a lot of talk on it as well. Yeah, uh, so Greg so Laurie there. So yeah, yeah so, so you guys are... Oh, Greg Laurie, I know him. Yeah, interesting. So um, it says the uh, Christian rapper and fashion designer Kenny West told Entertainment Magazine NME any COVID-19 vaccine would be the mark of the beast. It's so many of our children that they are vaccinated paralyzed, it claims. So when they say that we're going to fix COVID is with a vaccine, I'm extremely cautious. That's the mark of the beast. They want to put chip inside of us. They want to do all kind of things to make it where we can't cross the gates of heaven. Mm. Very interesting. Mm. Um, again, you, you, you've got to understand and put everything to the contest and, and really just uh, rely on the scripture. Um, so that that is very, very interesting. Uh, we talked about it last week. I don't really want to go back to it again. Mm. Um, really very interesting. And finally, that is, you know, a bit of a entertainment here. First ever audio Bible read entirely by woman is lunch. <laughs> that's good. That's it nice. is good, isn't it? Yeah, that's nice. So that that was being released. Um, organization named Courage, Courage for Life led by Bible teacher Anne White, whose aim is to strengthen, equip, and empower the word for Christ. So the Courage Life for Life Bible was recorded by a group of 12 women reading from the New Living Translation. The group recently finished recording the Old Testament after completing the New Testament last year. Mm, that's that's nice. nice, isn't it? That's nice. interesting, yeah. Guys, there's a lot of information out there that can encourage us, especially in this season. Um, so I would just encourage us to try to grab them, whatever mm. we can, uh, mm. when we still got <laughs> the, the the freedom to do so. Because um, there, there's definitely a bit of an agenda that's going on at the moment against um, Christianity, um, you know, beginning to um, expose things and, and twist some of the words as well to mm. make look like a bit of an outcast. Um, in a sense, if we already know we are not part of this world, even if we are in this world, we're not part of it um, because of who we are, who we're present, and why it's our mandate on this earth. So, yeah, it, it's it's nice. It's nice to see to see that, don't you think? It is, yeah. And I think the reason reasoning behind it is really good. Mm. I think what she said is is we know that gender specific absolutely treatment is important when you're treating a woman suffering from abuse or mm -hmm. trauma or mental health issues. Yeah. And I think th that is it. I think that's really such a you know good reason to do something like that. Mm. There we go. So that was the news uh, for today. Fantastic. Fantastic, isn't it? Mm -hmm. Brilliant. So uh, let's get back to our topic. Um, as as we know, always this this you know these still slides always going to come up at the beginning. Um, they they I think they're part of what's been you know going on for quite a while. The way the world see the future, from a science perspective, especially from a lot of data information, to be able to compile them and then just to be able to shape um, the future in us in a sense. But we do know. You know, our revelation is seeing the world from God's perspective. And that is very important, especially in this season 
um, when we see from God's perspective, you know, our eyes are really, really open to know and hear and to discern what is right or wrong, but also to discern good doctrine from false doctrine. Mm. You know, especially when there, there's so many videos out there that have just been coming in right, left, center. And it's important to have the Spirit of God inside of us and the Holy Spirit and also discerning to be able to, the wisdom and discern, be able to dis- to discern what the Word of God says about it and what it's not. And that is very, very important for us in this season. And we know, you know, from First Peter 5, 8 and Second Corinthians 2, 11, that we need to be vigilant and, and, and watchful, you know, as those scriptures point out, you know, least satan should take advantage of us for we are not ignorant of his devices so it's important that we know and that's why we'll be doing revelation hour to be able to let people be aware of what's going on not only in the physical but also in the spiritual as well and understanding the the, the schism mm. uh behind what's taking place correlations uh, between absolutely us. absolutely but i feel right now the season we're in at the moment especially as we um concluding on on on, on 2020 what, what a year it's been um spare me a very 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 quick year but a very painful year um but it has intense, been it's been it? intense it's, it's been parts ch- and then it's been it, challenging yeah. but on his side of it it's also been revelatory i would say there's yeah. been a lot of revelation that has come throughout this season but also not only revelation i think it has been empowering for many of us to really seek in god's face in a such a way and and really understanding now the positioning what god has been doing over the years you know positioning us and now we coming up to this last leg of that positioning when he's about to release us you know into different part of the world to really just release his words you know whatever through our personalities through our, our, our talents through our ministries you know mm-hmm. all will be now revealed on the outside so more people can know about jesus but it's been a lot of work so what the enemy was putting his plan you know as he skis in, in place god was preparing you know what the enemy is is walking and moving ahead and taking territory god is strengthening his church is preparing his church you know to be released and that is very important so for us right now is word that's what we need to we need to dwell on his word so when you hear people saying about for example the vaccine the mark of the beast then you got to look into the world what is the word saying about this about the mark of the beast and you've got revelation 13 we tell you that at the time the mark of the beast will be implemented will be implemented first of all by the antichrist basically will be implemented to a system where everybody will be already in awe of this man we spoke about the antichrist and how everybody will be um you know he has such a charisma and such a presence and he will come at the time when the world will need him you know that people will basically give him everything in that sense so they will freely accept this mark many people will freely accept this mark obviously there will be many that won't but many people will freely accept so we got to understand that this is why the psalm 119 says this the entrance of your words give light. It give understanding to the simple. So we've got to know the word and understand the word. But I love that scripture, 2 Timothy 2, 15, 17. What does he say? He said to be diligent, to present ourselves approved to God. So we've got to present ourselves approved to God. So we've got to be diligent where we do. And we've got to be a worker who does not, does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So it's important that we have the word in us in that sense. And he goes on to say, but shun profane and idle babbling, 
for they will increase to more ungodliness. So do you know that false doctrine linked to ungodliness? Yeah. And that is that's why it's so key for us to to be um in the word of God, you know. We we cannot try to go outside and we've got to understand the word. So first of all I would say, you know, if whatever church you're from and, and, and you know your sound church is, your sound doctrine is just, you know, lean on it. Mm-hmm. And and then ask the Holy Spirit. You know, I've done a teaching on the Holy Spirit last Tuesday that mentioned that it was the most ignored person of the of the okay. Trinity. You know, mm-hmm. and there's a reason for it, but it's been sent to lead us to whole truth, and that's what mm-hmm. Jesus said I send you the Holy Spirit, and it shall lead you to whole truth. Mm-hmm. So, we really need to rely a lot on the Holy Spirit, especially as we read the Word of God, as we pray, uh, as we worship. We've got to rely on the Holy Spirit so He can lead us to all truth. Then He can help us to divide the Word of truth, mm-hmm. He can help us to know what it is a sound doctrine and what is a false doctrine. It can help us when all those videos are coming, what is right, what is wrong. Um, I sent a message yesterday to to, to you and it, it was basically the Daily Mail uh, picked up on uh, on the tweet that an actress uh, from the uh, Black Panther actress, the one who played the sister of Black Panther, she sent this this tweet uh, with this video of this, um, what's the name of the pastor again? I think everybody, a lot of people Adiomi, know. Yeah, is a, is, a, is a prophet, um, has been mentored by Sharon Stone and basically she sent this tweet and it's it's gone viral but it's gone viral in the wrong way. Um basically there's there's been a lot of uh, and, and the vaccine it was about the vaccine. You know, it was this this prophet was talking about the vaccine basically. And yeah, it's it's basically she's been um I what's the word I would use to be kind of murdered on, on Twitter really mm-hmm. pretty much for what she said. And then obviously Daily Mail picked up on the story and they, instead of looking at the tweet, they're looking at the guy, you know, the past, the, the prophet. So they've been basically making a story about this guy, who he is, where he come from, the word that he's been sharing, and 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 basically this anti-vaccine things. And they pretty much cut the beginning to um, what do you, what word do we use when you, you know, kind of, you know, kind of tarnish his reputation basically. Mm, that's Yeah. So discredit, discredit yeah, yeah. They, they're beginning to discredit the guy. And, and, and I was saying to Marcia, you know, it is very important this season that we are very careful. Those, those platforms, those social platforms are great to share the gospel, but we've got to be very careful how we share it as well. Um, because at the moment there's beginning to be, and I'm sensing there is a vendetta, um, against, um, the basically uh, against Christian in, in Europe now. It is not as violent that it's been, that he has been in other country and what he's been in in over the centuries as we'll be looking to the next church but he's beginning you know this this vendetta there's a lot of things that are coming out now against christians and word as christian has said are twisted in that sense to cut it discredit and really this plan the enemy is to discredit the church at the moment so we've got to be very diligent how we do how we speak what we speak and when we speak the word, we've got to speak with authority and knowing as well. So, of course, with the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Of course, as I always say. So this is one of the things that we're looking into it. But then that just takes us to where we begin our studies from uh, last week um, about the book of Revelation, looking at chapter 2 and chapter 3. And um, to just to recap it very quickly, very briefly, um, before we dwell into the next church last week, 
um, just to give you an, an, a quick recap, we looked into the seven letters to the seven churches and identify that there were there were four ways to you know when we read those letters which is found in, in um, revelation 2 and revelation 3 there are four application in a way to look at it what i was saying first of all the first application is to understand that there was actually seven churches located in asia minor which is today modern than turkey um that it was the first way to do so when jesus wrote those letters he wrote those letters to seven churches, specifically picked those seven churches uh, in Asia Minor. The second application as we read those letters, where what we mention it as well, is writing a search and looking at the church as a whole. I'm going very quickly because we looked into this last week and we looked into this the week before as well, so I don't want to dwell too much by it. The third application that we looked at, the third way to when you listen and, and, and read those scriptures and to apply them for personally, you know, we are part of the body of Christ and, and we are called Christians. So those letters can apply to us as well. And the fourth application that we look into is also was uh, to look um, at those letters from a prophetic perspective or from a church history perspective. Basically, what I'm trying to say, I am trying to say that Jesus used the seven specifically churches based in Asia Minor to show seven stages of church history as well. Beginning of the church of Ephesus and ending up with the church of Laodicea. The other thing that we looked, those letters have a similar outline. At the beginning of every letter, there is a description of Jesus from revelation chapter one she used an aspect of his description and put it back into one of the latest and then there is a, a positive affirmation you know jesus say what is right and and commend the church for what they're doing right um you know at the exception of the church of Laodicea, which jesus has nothing good to say about Secondly, there is a what we call a corrective exhortation or he's telling them what is wrong about the church and that's the exception of the church of Smyrna and the church of Philadelphia. Then he's giving them a motivation. So basically telling them to repent and to change. If they change, then there is a crown or there is, there is, there is a reward uh, at the end of it, which is kind of an internal motivation in that sense. So those letters, very, very interestingly, of the same outline but also one of the things that we mentioned they were written in a way that back in the time the roman empire when the the postman would go he would go from ephesus then go to smyrna pergamos and make it all this way all the way to Laodicea. so in the way that the postman would do his round through the church through, through the cities jesus wrote the latest in the same manner um very very important so we look at the church of Ephesus um, last week and uh, in the church of Ephesus called the Loveless Church where we found out it was a very prominent city in Asia Minor but it was also was a very immoral city you know with the different um, worship of Artemis the worship of the Nicolaitan and there was a lot of orgy sexual immorality prostitution in those temples were taking place and in the midst of this immorality immorality sorry Jesus you know, used this church, planted this church. The church started by the uh, by Paul actually in Ephesus. So this church was planted here, and this, this church has a predominant impact in the city of Ephesus, to the point that many people and people 
we tapped into the occult, we go and burn the occult book to, to convert to Christianity. It reminds me a lot of when we became a Christian, when we start getting rid of our music mm. or stuff that we felt mm. was degrading, uh, you know, the, the, the spirit inside of us. Mm. So that's what was taking place. So this church was extremely popular. A lot of great preacher came to preach in that church, but not only extremely popular, it was a very extremely active church. They were um, involved in everything, every type of ministry you can even think of today, whether it is to help the poor or the needed, whether it is to help the prostitute, whether it is to uh, advance the kingdom through worship, for some, they were involved in any type of ministry. But the problem that Jesus had with his church, unfortunately, is by beginning too much involved in ministry, they left their first love. You know, they're beginning to forget about Jesus and they're beginning to focus on ministry. And ministry became work in that sense. So what Jesus was saying to the church of Ephesus is to repent and to return to the love that they left first. Unfortunately, they did not heed to this. And eventually the church today in Turkey doesn't exist. Ephesus, church in Ephesus doesn't exist anymore. So it is. it was a very message for us of reminding ourselves to always have this fire burning inside of us regarding fire. yeah regardless mm. of what we're doing regardless of what ministry we're involved mm. in is to continually have this fire burning inside of us otherwise we will end up like the church of Ephesus and live in our first love how many times we see ourselves as we started as a young christian we are burning for christ we can go to 25 uh, prayer meeting at the same time you know especially on zoom but now these days because things life take over ministry take over so we've got to remind ourselves of keeping christ not only first but most importantly the love you know keep that fire burning mm. especially in a season that we're in this is what i'm sensing to say to all of us so the other thing that we look when we look at the Ephesus, we look at the word Ephesus mean darling and loved one and it's quite interesting that it's called darling and loved one but indeed the church lost lost their first love so um that is very interesting so now i want to touch on the next church um which is the church in smyrna now that is a very very interesting one now the church in smyrna is called the suffering church and the city of smyrna today called izmir in turkey and that was located that was located just a little north of the city of Ephesus. And that's one thing that we need to understand. Now, quickly give you a bit of a uh, of a background. Smyrna was a very... Um, actually, do you know what? Why don't we just read first, you know, this, the, the scripture before we go into mm. th this, this background. Yeah. You need to read. Yeah, you can read it. It says, to the, cha to the angel of the church in Smyrna write... These are the words of him who is the first and the last, who died and came to life again. I know your afflictions and your poverty, yet you are rich. I know about the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not be afraid of what you are about to suffer. I tell you, the devil will put some of you in prison to test you, and you will suffer persecution for ten days. Be faithful, even to the point of death. I will give you life as your victor's crown. Whoever has ears, let them hear what the Spirit says to the churches. The one who is victorious will not be hurt at all by the second death. 
Can you read the uh, New King James Version as well? And to the angel of the church in Smyrna write, These things says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And I know that the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you, you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. He who overcomes shall not be hurt by the second death. Amen. Amen. That is... um very very interesting uh, scripture in that sense and i think when i studied this this word many times um i was looking in the scripture and i was saying wow <laughs> you know what a church mm. what a church mm. and there is and we we mentioned it last week the two only churches that jesus has nothing wrong to say about it is the church of smyrna and the church of philadelphia and the interesting thing those two churches are very two interesting characteristics Smyrna was a persecuted church. Philadelphia was a church that opened the door for ministry and, and evangelism. And those are the very two important points, I believe, in the life of believers. Mm. You know, our life dedicated for Christ even to death. Yeah. And the Great Commission in Matthew 28. Mm. Those two elements illustrate the life of the believers and through that you encapsulate everything else which is including the gift of the spirit the fruit of the spirit and everything else about christian mm. basic so living first, yeah but yeah absolutely matthew 6 33 mm. seek ye first the kingdom of god and all his righteousness yeah. and everything shall be added mm. and literally seek ye first the kingdom of god is basically put god first mm. even if Don't you have to die for it and when we look in the church of of smyrna that is the epitome. It, it, it pretty much epitomizes this. Yeah. Mm. And in a way, when you look at it, Christ died for us. Christ didn't put his will. He put his father's will before his will. Mm. And I think, for example, this prayer, when he was praying before being arrested, when he was sweating blood, what this, this constant fight of, number one, submitting to the will of the father yeah. because he knew he was going to die but it's not only about dying it wasn't i don't think jesus wasn't afraid of death he wasn't that it was what he was carrying to the cross every scene of every world. believers mm. you know he was he was going to carry down on cross he was going to suffer an and a tremendous amount of pain that you're thinking, how can man, can man hold on that much pain and mm. still carry on to the point of death? And crucifixion is one of the, it's the most horrible type mm. of death in that sense. The most, one of the most painful death yeah. is long, you know. It's a long and painful death. So when Jesus was praying, he was not only praying because he didn't want to die. It was what he was carrying, you know. And at the time, that was the only time that we saw Jesus be weak in the sense that asking for God to remove that from him. But he said, but nevertheless, you will be done. So when we look at the church of Smyrna, one of the main characteristics that we need to understand is that they submit to the will 
even to the point of death. So let's look at that film. Huh? It's the film Mel, Mel Gibson. What's the film? Um, the Passion of. Mm. Mm. Yeah, it just keeps coming to me. Came okay. to me from last week, but yeah. just to remind us, you know. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So, looking at Smyrna. Like I said, Smyrna was an ancient city located uh, at the central, and, and it was a strategic point on what we call in the Asian coast of Anatolia. Now, it was port. It was wonderful. And because of its port condition, you know, it had wonderful connection. And because of that, it rose, Smyrna city rose to prominence. It was as it was one of the principal city of the Roman Asia, Smyrna, was competing with Ephesus and Pergamos for the title of first city of Asia. I mean, when I look at the city here, around the way it was, that is a wonderful. Yeah, look at that. Stunning. It's a stunning. Mm. I mean, the sea, and I mean, it was mm. just a stunning, stunning, stunning city. And uh, it was one of the first, very first planned city. So they planned it. They built it. They planned it in a way that they, they wanted to. And it was it was the loveliest, and it was referred as the ornament of Asia. It was referred as the crown the crown of Asia, mm. but it was also known as a city of life and strength. It was a rich city, and it was a well respected city baron. That city has wonderful buildings and temple. It was a city of music. It was a center for music. It had huge stadium and theater. It was the place to live. Listen, if there was one place that you wanted to live, that has to be Smyrna. You know, it has everything. And as we look now, some of the ruins still. We see Smyrna is still quite uh, alive today. Uh, as a matter of fact, Smyrna still have a church operating there as well. Uh, but as you can see here, some of the places. I mean. You look and you think, yeah, oh, that's ruins. But back in the days, that was a top, you know. Now, I don't know, those who are London people, don't know what, what city or what county or what places you were referring to. Um, you know, maybe, I don't know, some people may like Knightsbridge or whatever. I don't know. But it was it was a top, top, top place for people to go through. And uh, it was well, well built in that sense. So, they had the city and money and they had wealth. And so you can imagine the amount of people that were living there. You know, people that may be retired, uh, people that have a lot of businesses as well, a lot of great traders with a lot of wealth. You know, all the people they live, where do they live, the people in London? They live like in Berkshire or where, where, where do they live? What do you mean? They, they live like in North or Hampstead. Is that all those people, the rich people? Where do they uh, live in London? It depends. They're different in North, East, South, and West. There are different areas. Yeah. So. Anyway. <laughs> they had money and so on now the interesting thing that we need to understand about the word actual smyrna the word smyrna mean bitter that's what basically where the words come from and it is also an ancient greek word for myrrh you know and the word myrrh derived from the aramaic word which is myrrh which meaning was bitter so truly what it means, Smyrna, we saw Ephesus mean darling one. Smyrna mean myrrh. And that's interesting. And the myrrh was uh, a spice that was used uh, in ancient time 
uh, especially starting with the Egyptian along with another sp spice or uh, element called the natron for the embalming of mummies. So that is something that we need to understand the world man was used. Now, what we need to understand as well is when Christ was born, what was he given? Gold, frankincense and myrrh. Absolutely. It was given gold, frankincense and myrrh in that sense. All of which really, when you look at it, was speaking of his prophetic assignments or prophetic life was going to have. Obviously gold because it's God in the flesh. King. King. Frankenstein because of him be called a high priest. Mm. And myrrh because being a savior of this world and obviously because speaking of his death in mm. that sense. So when we look at, for example, Frankenstein, uh, sorry, um, Hebrew 4, 14 and 16 says this, seeing that then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us all fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses, but was in all point tempted as we are yet without sin. So really the Frankenstein here represents this, this, this high priest. And it's interesting that those three kings that came, you know, and those, the gift that he brought, Frankenstein, gold, and myrrh. Now, myrrh is a burial spice. You know, John 19, 38, 39 says this. After this, Joseph of Arimathea, being a disciple of Jesus, but secretly for fear of the Jews, asked Pilate, that he, may, that he might take away the body of Jesus. And Pilate gave him permission. So he came and took the body of Jesus. And Nicodemus, who at first came to Jesus by night, also came, bringing a mixture of myrrh and aloes, about a hundred pounds. Even Luke 24 and Mark 16, say Mary Magdalene brings spice to the tomb. To the tomb. So really myrrh, it has burials spice and we've got to understand that was an expensive spice as well it still is it still is obviously you know that yeah yeah aromatherapy wise it's you get a very small amount in a very small bottle is it a lot of money yeah how much money do, do we talk for about five mils of aromatherapy oil for and that's an extraction of myrrh um it's probably i think it's about eight pounds like for a very small amount so that's drops it's amount of drops Wow. So, but that's an extraction. So it's still very expensive for what you get. Would you buy some? I use it in my is, products. What, what's the benefit of this? Myrrh as well. It's just it's preservation, isn't it? Mm. So it's it's healing. It's all of these things. So when you actually look at myrrh, it's one of those those um, oils that does all of those things. So when you think about when someone's em embalming a body, it's it's doing all of those things. So remember, the body would rot straight away if you mm. didn't actually embalm it so if they're wanting to bury it it's a burial spice they will embalm it it's also in terms of the odor because mm. the smell the it, it would be putrid the smell that would come from a body that begins to rot mm. um so it's 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 about the aroma but also about the preservation um so it's quite interesting. very interesting as, as we talk about this because the reason i'm actually dealing on on myrrh because it, it's the importance of the scripture to what jesus referred you know, and when he speak to the church of Smyrna, 
as you mentioned it, it is it's got a healing mm-hmm. properties, but mm-hmm. also preservation in that mm-hmm. sense. The other thing that it does as well, obviously, um, myrrh when release its perfume, it mm, releases an aroma, mm. and it needs to be crushed. It needs to be crushed in order to release its aroma. Myrrh in itself is useless. And that is very interesting when you think about it. In order for the myrrh to be effective, it needs to be crushed. And when we're looking at the church of Smyrna, the church of Smyrna was going through crushing. They were going through persecution. And that's the thing. And even though the church was going through persecution, Jesus was saying to them that to him it is a sweet aroma to his nostril. So as the church was getting persecuted, crushed pretty much, he was releasing this sweet perfume that was a sweet aroma to Jesus. And they went... Sorry, they were not getting persecuted just for the sake of it. They were getting persecuted for Christ. Interesting. So, when we think about it, you know, every believers, every one of us, at some point, we are going to be crushed. We're going to be pressed. We are going to be in that way crushed, so we can release this 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 perfume, this sweet aroma, which is so good to Jesus. Mm. Yeah. And through this crushing, we're growing. Through this printing process, we're growing. And as you mentioned something in our Mario seminar last week, which was repeated again, about when we look at the challenges, you know, not always from an not always not always looking at the challenge from a negative perspective. And I believe that the Church of Smyrna, when they were looking at these challenges that they were facing, they were not looking from a negative negative perspective I was be looking at it, but they were actually looking toward Christ in that sense. So that strength that was needed for them at the time was so important. So that church of Smyrna was going through a lot, a lot, a lot of crushing, you know. And uh, when I say crushing, I'm talking about intense persecution. When we look um, in verse 8, Jesus is referring to be the first and to be the last. And so the church, in a sense, there's very important things here. You know, when we look at verse 8, Revelation verse 8, he says this, and I'm going I'm to read it for you guys. I'm going to read it for you guys. In verse 8, he says this, And to the angel of the church is murder, right? This thing says the first and the last who was dead and came to life. Now, for us reading and thinking, huh? What does it mean? But for the church in Smyrna, it was very important and they could identify with that message. The reason being is obviously Jesus said to them, I can identify with you because I was dead and I was alive. I died, then I resurrected three days. Mm. But then you got to understand also, when you look at the history of the church of Smyrna, the city of Smyrna was actually destroyed by a group of people called the Lydians around 600 before Christ. And then 
the city became a ghost for, for about 400 years. So there was nothing there for 400 years. And then what happened? They came back to prominence. So they could, as Jesus was telling them, I am the first and the last, the one who's dead and alive, they could understand it because through the history of Smyrna, they went through the same pattern. Mm. I just love the way that Jesus always speaks Absolutely. In, in ways that we understand. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's, you know, we, we just, it's a message for us. Yeah, it is, because Jesus we, will yeah. always speak to us. In a way. You know, and you know, even when you look at all the letters that he's wrote, what does he say? I know your works. Mm. God knows everything about what we do. And he reiterated by saying, I know what you've been up to. Yeah. You know, I know. And then not only he said, I know you. Sometimes people say, yeah, I know you. Mm. But it goes into the detail for every church. When we look at last week at the church Ephesus, what did he say? Let's turn to it. Mm. He didn't just say, I know your works. He says this. I know your works, I know your labor, I know your patience, and I know that you cannot bear those who are evil, and I know that you have tested those who say they are apples who are not, and I found them liar, and I know that you have perceived and have patience, and I know that you have labored for my name's sake, and I'm not, not becoming weary. Mm. So even it doesn't, the, the Bible doesn't repeat the I know, I know, I know. He lists everything that he knows about the church, which he really point out to know that Jesus knows everything about us. And as he said, he's got a way to relate to each one of us. The way he relates with you will be very different the way he relates with me. Yep. He will relate in a way that I can understand it. And when he was related to the church's manner, he was related to them in a way that they could understand. Yeah. So for us looking at this, yeah, I know Jesus died and then he rose again. But for them, it was significant because it represented the same pattern that they, this, this city went through, Jesus went through. So he could come and tell things and they would actually understand and relate. And through that relationship, they were able to hold on to it and they be able to hear. Remember, the church was sent to the messenger of Smyrna, which is the pastor mm. of Smyrna. So we spoke about it. So it, it is, it's an amazing, and you say the, the other thing, what Jesus was doing, he was giving hope and he was saying, he was giving hope by just telling them what is this. And as I'm mentioning, even despite what they were going through, Jesus was giving him word of encouragement. If we look again in the scriptures, it says this, and I read it. I know your works, as I said, he knows about it. Tribulation, and poverty but you are rich you see one of the things that is very thing he said to them even they were physically poor spiritually they were rich and that is a lot of the contracts in relation to the church of Laodicea that we will see at the end so we can turn to it now to see the comparison in chapter 3 and I read it from chapter 3 sorry and from verse 14 in says this and to the angel of the church of the Laodicean write this thing says the amen and the faithful and true witness the beginning of the creation of God I know your works that you are neither cold nor hot I could wish you were cold or hot so then because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot I will vomit you out of my mouth and he goes on saying verse 15 because you say I am rich and have become wealthy. 
So you have you, need of nothing. Absolutely. <laughs> so when you see this comparison between the church of Smyrna, which was physically poor, but Jesus called them rich spiritually, that was a, such a contrast in relation to the church of Laodicea. We proclaimed and said that they are rich and need of nothing because mm-hmm. of rich. Now, the church of Smyrna was poor. When I say it was poor, it was a poor church, you know. There wasn't one of those fancy churches when you see light coming out when the pastor coming in, flashing, all that lovely music, coming in when the pastor's coming in, all that lovely worship team with all the lighting movement, the camera movement, you know. No, it wasn't like that. It was a very, very poor church. I mean, most of the believers in that church lost everything. They lost their possessions. They lost their jobs. They lost their connections. They lost their businesses. Some of them were sold as slaves. That's how poor they were. They were cast out. They were hated by everyone. Even by those that called themselves Jews. But they were led by Satan. And they actually helped the Roman to persecute those Christians. Jews helped the Roman to persecute their own Jews Christian. That's the situation. And out of the all the seven churches, they were the poorest, but they were the purest mm. in essence. And Jesus see the circumstances. And Jesus looked that this church wasn't interested in getting again or your things. They were interested in the spiritual things to the point of dying for Christ. And that's one thing that I keep saying. They were to the point of dying for Christ. You know, Matthew 16, 26 says this, you know, we all know that scripture. What, for what is a man profited if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? And we know, we know this story. So, these guys, they were rich in God's love, but they also were rich in leadership and one of the main pastors of this church mm. is Polycarp. And mm. I want to tell you a story of Polycarp. And I want to apologize in advance if we're running a bit late. But I think it's important for us to finish this today um, in that sense. So, let's look at our gentleman, um, Polycarp. So, let me tell you about the story uh, of this Polycarp. Um, in a year, uh, it's about 156 A.D., uh, there was an old Baptist preacher. He was put to death with fire and sword for his faith for Christ. And that was Polycarp. Now, Polycarp was a student and disciple of John. Hmm. So You can imagine. Yeah, he was a disciple and a student of John. The John that was sent to Patmos, mm. the John that was burned wow. with oil and would not die, that was Polycarp was one of his disciples. And... Um, he was basically the pastor of the church of Smyrna. And uh, obviously we know about Smyrna. We spoke about Smyrna uh, in that sense. Now, we know that at the time, the church of Smyrna, you know, suffered terrible persecution. And we know about that. So, it's very thin. So, basically what happened is this. Polycarp lived in the countryside. And um, people, obviously the Romans tried to capture him uh, in that sense. And they were getting close. 
and this friend would try to hide him, you know, from place to place. So they were moving from from places to places. And one day, um, one of the captors entered the house where he was hiding. And uh, Podicab, instead of running like he used to do, he says this. People heard saying this. Let the will of God, let the will of the Lord be done. So he stopped running. So he came down the stairs. He came, he met his persecutors, um, you know, greet, greet them nicely, you know, not a friend, nicely greet them. And, um, and before they go, they prepare a meal. So they all eat together. You know, they have the best food. You know, it's like sometimes, you know, when those guys, when they go into the, to get executed, they give them one of the best meal or something. So they had the, the best food and the best meal. And, uh, while they were eating, Polycarp asked his guys, his persecutors, to allow him to go and pray for an hour in peace and quiet. So they allowed him to go. So he went to pray. And when the hour was up, then they went on the donkey and then they headed to the city. So as they approached the city of Smyrna, Polycarp was met on the outside by the chief magistrate. He took him into his chariot and he asked him a very simple question. And he was basically trying to want him to denounce Christ and to basically lead his allegiance to Caesar, you know. And and basically that's what happened. And he didn't, basically. He was promised freedom. He was promised everything if he could swear that Caesar is basically his God and denying Christ. And this is what he says. I love that. He said, 86 years... 80 and 6 years have I served him and he never did me any harm. How then can I blaspheme, can I blaspheme my king and my savior who has saved me? That's what he says, basically. So he was kicked out of the chariot and in the process, he injured one of his legs in that sense. So as soon as he entered the stadium, they mentioned that they had big big city with stadium and so as soon as he entered the, st- the stadium, where he was to be executed. Obviously, people were watching him. So, you know, it was like a big, a big event. So, it was like the stadium was filled. You know, like you go and watch football. It was filled with people waiting for the execution to take place. And uh, it was so loud. The crowd were cheering pretty much so loud that people couldn't really hear what was being said. And Polika was given another chance to deny Christ and was threatened to be torn to shred and divide by wild savage lion to which he said the same thing. Let it come for my purpose is unchangeable. So when they saw that Polycarp could not be changed, he couldn't change his mind, he couldn't be moved to blaspheme God, you know, but be threatened to be fed to lying, the authority threatened Polycarp by having him burn at the stake. And Polycarp replied and said, Thou threatened me with a fire which will perhaps burn for an hour and then soon go out. But you are ignorant of the fire of the future judgment of God, which is prepared and reserved for the everlasting punishment and torment of the ungodly. But what do you delay? Bring on the beast or the fire or whatever you may choose. Shall not by either of them move me to deny Christ my Lord and Savior. What a powerful message here. And I love when he says this. This fire is going to burn for now and then he's going to vanquish. I'd rather burn for now than just burn for eternity. 
and that was Polycarp. His faith for Christ was so immovable that he was ready to die for him. And really, that's that was a representation of the Church of Smyrna. They were literally ready to die for the for 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 cause for for Christ for Christ. So, a messenger say was sent to the middle of this great stadium to declare free time that Polycarpus confesses to be a Christian and he will not deny uh, basically his, his, his faith for Christ. And obviously, free time the messenger was sending this message, then the crowd demanded to be basically executing, you know, burning, burning, burning. So the messenger said, you know, um, let's burn him. Let's burn him. So they begin, they, they put the wood and anything else could burn, peel up at the feet of Polycarp and the guard, they were about to nail him at the stake. And Polycarp says this, leave me as I am. He who gives me strength to bear the fire will hold me to the pile. Wow. I mean, that is in a, that is level. I can't even imagine, you know, no need to tie me up. I stay, mm. you know. I won't run. I stay. Mm. That is, that is level. So, they didn't they didn't put anything on him they didn't fasten him with net but what they used just a rope to tie his hand behind his back that's what they did and uh, as he was about to be offered as a burnt offering to the lord polycarp he looked into the heaven and began to pray and this is the prayer that he says oh father i thank you that you did yeah that you did call me to this day and hour and has counted me worthy that i may have my part and placed among the number of the holy martyrs. I pray thee, O Lord, that you would this day receive me as a fat offering among the number of the holy martyrs. I thank and praise you above other men and honor your holy name through Jesus Christ, you well beloved Son, the eternal high priest, unto whom with you and the Holy Ghost is the glory now forever and Amen. ever. Amen. As soon as he said Amen, they lit the fire. And the story, and it's incredible, said that the flame hacked above the body of Polycarp as if the hand of God has built a wall around him. So basically the fire would not touch him. Couldn't burn him. Couldn't burn him. They could not burn him at all. The the fire would just go around Mm. him. So God was putting his hand of protection upon Polycarp and the fire would not burn him. So the mob look at it and he said, this body is not burning fast enough. It's not burning fast enough. So what happened is they cry out for a soldier to pierce his body with a sword. So a soldier pierced his body with a sword and there was so much blood that came out of his body that the fire was put out mm. completely. The body was in scrunches. And basically the crowd looked at it. They were so disappointed that what they see. That they still demand that his dead body be burned to where all that was left was his bone. Wow. So they did it. So even Look at the situation. E. Polycarp entered the glory of Christ in that sense. 
Now, there is a book here that you can read it about the story of Polycarp and, 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 and the story of other uh, Marti people. Mm. It's called The Fox's Fox Book of Marti's. Mm. And it's a wonderful book to read and it will tell you a lot about the persecution that our brothers and sisters went through uh, for centuries, um, starting from the early church. Now, I believe, and I stand in this saying that I believe this is true Christianity. Now, I am not going to profess I am there because I don't believe I am. But I, you know, I want to believe that if I was faced with this situation, God would give me the strength not to deny him. Mm. But that is true Christianity. People die for Jesus. Even today, people die for Jesus yeah. other part of the world. And, and do you know, one of the things that um, when I'm looking in this situation is looking at where people die for Christ and so and and Polycarp died for Christ but also he died for his church remember he was a pastor of his mm. church so he led by example he led by example and, and died by example and that is, is very important you know when we look 1 Corinthians 10 13 says this sorry so no temptation has overtaken you except such as is a common man. But God is faithful, we will not allow you to be tempted beyond what you are able. But with the temptation, we also make the way of escape that you may be able to bear it. Now, the thing is, the reason I'm saying this is this when we look at the scripture on the church of Smyrna here and looking back, when he says from verse 9, I know your works, tribulation and poverty, but you are rich. And I know the blasphemy of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are synagogue of Satan. In verse 10, he goes to say, do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison that you may be tested and you will have tribulation 10 days. But be faithful until death and I will give you the crown of life. Let's look at this word 10 days that mm. Jesus uh, mentioned it uh, in a tribulation. Now, what we find out is that Jesus mentioned that they're going to suffer. They're going to go through tribulation. He's saying that you guys are going through tribulation. And the interesting thing about it is that even though he said to them that they're going through tribulation, there is a limit to it. He's giving 10 days of tribulation. Mm. So it is not infinite. It's got a time. There's a time scale for it. You know, he said 10 days. Now, there are different views um, about the 10 days. You know, some believe that it is, believe that it was 10 actual days or 10 years. Nobody really knows for sure. But many believes, and I, I think for me, I'm one of those guys who believe that those 10 days that Jesus mentioned was a reference to the 10 Roman Empire persecuting the church over a period of 200 mm. years. And that's really what I actually truly believe um, in, in that sense. So when we look at those persecution, for example, the first one, the first persecution that Christian went through was in AD 67 during the time of Nero. Now Nero is considered to be one of the most uh, uh, more one of the most um, the, the most horrible person to have persecuted a Christian in that sense. Now his cruelty was beyond beyond understanding in that sense that he, he, he had a mind he had such a mind to find 
uh, intricate, creative way to persecute Christians, which was beyond what we could even expect. I'll give you some some example. Um, he had some of the Christians sued up in skin of white beast, and yeah, and then worried by dogs until they expired. Basically, said for dogs. So basically, what he would do is make them like animals. other animals, yeah, and then so other the dogs, animals would and allow the dogs to, to go and, and and eat them. Basically, mm, attack them and eat them. Other were dressed in shirt made of stiff with wax fixed to axle trees and set on fire torches. in his garden. Human torches. And what are the word that he used to say for that? He said, "You said that you are the light of the world, so this is why he light them up in his garden." Wow, it was cruel beyond crude you can even imagine other things said this persecution was generally is that you know it, it, i mean i can't even think of it if you look at the read that book on the martyrs and i just pick up a few examples to to just to show you but that's some of the things that, that they would burn the entire city entire towns of christian just alive i mean we're not talking about the rape and so on that goes on behind the scene but it is believed that many people believed actually Nero was the Antichrist. The Christian at the time believed that Nero was the Antichrist because of the cruelty of his, his hatred for Christian. The second persecution um, that we look was from Domitian and what was in AD 81. And among the numerous martyrs that suffered during his persecution was Simon, Bishop of Jerusalem, was crucified and St. John was boiled on oil and afterward banished to Patmos. So, that was through the time of Demotion mm. that um, John was born and so on. Then we've gone through many other persecutions such as um, Trajan in AD 108. That was the third persecution. Then we go to the fourth persecution which was the time of AD 162 and that was under the rulership of Marcus Aurelius uh, Antonius. Um, then we got to um, the, the fifth persecution were AD 192 Severus. Then we go on to the sixth one, which was on the Maximus, AD 235. I mean, they look, their faces look horrible. Then we've got a seventh persecution that look AD 249 Decius. We've got the eighth persecution, AD 257 on the Valerian. We've got a nine persecution in AD 274 on the Aurelian. And then the last one, which is the 10 persecution, AD 303 on, on the um, those, Diocletian. Those, yeah, Diocletian. This one also was a bad one. This one, basically mentioned, you will burn the entire city of Christian and all in its inhabitants. A sword, dagger, crosses, poison, famine, I mean, all stuff was used to get rid of, of those Christians. Now, when you look at the history of this, and, and you can just do your own research into it, those represent 10 major persecutions by 10 major emperors. And this is why I do believe that Jesus was referring to this persecution mm. that was coming. Now, Jesus says something very interesting. He said that those who are faithful will be given a throne of life. Throne of life. Yeah. A crown of light. This very, to, again, to the Church of Smyrna, this is a very important and significant because remember, the Church of Smyrna was, was a city of music and games as well. And 
what happened when an athlete, mm. you know, when he would win, what was he given to him? Crown. A crown. You know, it was with Stefanos sometime, a wild salary or Laurel mm. or bad leaf. Yeah. But mm. while this crown, they will die and they will wither, the crown that Jesus would give to those people, the, the crown of life, which is an eternity, you know, mm. they will not die, you know. So when you look at this, James 1 12 says, Blessed is a man who remains steadfast under trial, for when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which God has promised to those who love him. And, and I think for us, it is very important when we look at the church of Smyrna, in, in, in conclusion, you know, when we look at the church of Smyrna, we, um, we, we need to have this attitude of dying for Christ. And, and it doesn't necessarily mean today, in this day and age, that let's, let's get killed for Christ. No, it means that whatever you do, you know, you do to the point of, you know, you do it for Christ. You know, and that, that element of the first love, that element of, of putting him first, that element of doing, you know, when you say take up your cross and follow me, it is really take up your cross and follow me. And whatever happened, you know, <laughs> you know, I'm with you. And and I think that church was commended for that. They were commended because they were steadfast for Christ. Mm. They were commended because at the time of the persecution, they did not deny Christ. At the time of, of the reckoning, they did not leave him. They They actually went all the way through you know they, there's many names that can be mentioned in a in a, in a, in a, in a church of smyrna or during the persecution such as blondine and so on that were fed to lion you know literally fed to lion for, for a spectacle for people but those are people that at the time in need they found the strength to uh, God gave them this yeah and, and i think for us as people of god that's that's what i'm praying for that god continue to give us the strength not to deny love yeah love Love and strength so when you're working situation and you get uh, persecuted you know for your faith you know just pray for god to give you the strength not to deny you know you know sometimes even even laughing with jokes people are joking about things that you know the ungodly and because you want part of you you want to be part of the group you're laughing with them you know but you got to stand you got to stand your ground you got to stand your ground don't follow what the world is doing you know you got to follow Christ, even if you got to be humiliated, you know, if he goes to humiliation or if he goes to, you know, in in those circumstances, that was death. But for us at the moment, right now, you know, it's just, what is it, you know, the humiliation of people laughing at us because we're out of touch, because we follow Christ. You know, as Polycap say, you know, one, one hour of burn, <laughs> you know, one hour of a fire, you know, cannot change my mind, you know. So... That is the church of Smyrna. And this is why God has nothing, Jesus has nothing wrong to say about this church because they were ready for him. They were ready on the trial. They followed him all the way through to the point of death. You know, we saw whilst the church was poor, it's because they didn't have to follow the rules of what was taking place in the cities. So they lost jobs. They lost possessions. And that was, those are questions that, you know, people ask we don't have people, we not ask those questions about deny Christ that you can't go to work. But in other parts of the world, they are asking questions. They're losing everything because of Christ. And, and I think that, that is really, that's a really message for us. But why don't we pray? Mm. Father, we just thank you so much. We thank you so much for your word today. We just pray that we will listen again and we will just mull these things over and we'll remember those who have gone before us. 
and actually given us examples to the way that we can actually look to you, lean on you, trust in you, and the way to walk with you and to fulfill the purpose, the plan, the mandate that you have for us all. Father, I pray for us all. I pray for fresh outpouring of your grace. I pray that you will strengthen us and I pray that we will go deeper in and be fall more and more in love with you. Because it's truly because when we love you, we'll do anything for you. Lord, we just pray that you will have your way in with and through us. Help us, Lord. Help us in this time and in the time to come. Help us to be more like the Church of Smyrna, the Church of Philadelphia. Father, we pray that we will have a heart for you, for the things of your kingdom. We'll continue to look more and more and be more and more like you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. We commit everyone into your hands. Everyone into your hands, Father. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So, guys, again, if you want to um, basically just um, access our content, every content, Facebook, Twitter, email, WhatsApp, it's on the screen, um, infarevelationar.co.uk if you want to email us. Um, Twitter, you can tweet us again, and our Facebook. And again, if you want to be part of the WhatsApp group, please do send us an email or just um, get access to us, and we will um, try to add you on um, as we um, as we can. Okay, so I think we're done for now. So next week we'll be looking at the third church, which is uh, Pergamos, which is also called a compromising church. Interesting. Mm. So guys, I'll see you next week. Same place, same time. Ciao. Bless you. Bless Bye-bye. you. Bye.